Dying Alone Together is brought to you exclusively by Aaron Carr Skincare. back everybody we decided we're gonna start today talking about poppers Mm -hmm. so this was starting to come up in the previous conversation we had last episode why was it coming up oh you wanted to talk about um uh like having sex you said the way it's just the way you phrased it that made me think having sex without poppers is what you wanted to talk about right uh unpack that for me so uh i now I'm thinking like, what's the poppers journey? Uh, I didn't used to use poppers cause I used to think that they were kind of scary. I was afraid Same. of in- inhalants Same. and yeah, I don't know, frying my brain being a less smart person after like a hit of something. Yeah. I thought of it as like, like, the, like the kids who did whippets or like huff and loo in like school. Like, yeah. I thought about sniffing sharpies and not paying attention. Right. <laughs> like, right. Right. Which in their own right, like, I don't know, maybe they figured something out before I did. <laughs> but, uh, um, I, yeah, I don't know. I found poppers within the last, I'd say, like, two years because the bottoming journey, I did just, like, another thing that's available. Like, why not try it out? Sure. And it works. It works, essentially. And that was the problem, is that it works so much that I wanted to cut corners, I think, and just kind of use poppers as my way of bottoming. And it sort of became um, uh, necessary and, you know, kind of a part of the thing. For a while, like, I've even talked about my bottoming journey that... um, Early on, it was just like, oh, warm it up for a while. Get rimmed for like 30 to 40 minutes first. And then I'm like, uh, you know, ready. La, 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 la. <laughs> warm it up. <laughs> <laughs> the boys are waiting. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that's like got quite the time demand. Right. And so I'm like, if I can cut that out and save some time on, on foreplay and just get to the, you know, the main event. But it's not even like the main event either. Sometimes foreplay is the best part of it. Um and uh, I don't know. I think I also had the expectation sometimes as a bottom. I want to make sure that the top is having a good time too. So I'm like, I sometimes will uh, compromise my own needs maybe if I think it's going to serve with someone else. And also I like getting fucked. So let me go ahead and do poppers and get into the... Right. Uh, so for those of you who are listening to us who don't know what this is, and I don't know who you are, well, uh, yeah. poppers are an inhalant that give you a high for like, well, I don't know, like 30 seconds or so. Mm-hmm. Um they're not quite legal, but they're not quite illegal. They're they're sold uh, as VHS cleaner, right? They have a renaissance in pop culture right now because there was this big article about it in some someone did like the history of poppers, mm-hmm. and so I keep hearing it talked about on podcasts all the time. Like yeah. people, a lot of poppers jokes. Like it's really in the zeitgeist at the moment because mm-hmm. straight people do it too. Some people do it when they're like out dancing, yeah. and they like take a hit of poppers and like get a. It's a very short lived high, right? Uh, maybe gives you a headache at most if you do too much of it. It, and it helps your um, uh, your anal muscles relax it does. so that you can take a dick. You can also, but it can get, like, you can, like everything, you can do so much of it that it's, uh, at that point of you're abusing it and it's not good for your body because it can, it's an inhalant that will also dry out your nasal cavity yes. and you'll get nosebleeds and you can get sick because your nasal cavity is compromised. Right. Like, it's very, like, there's other And risks. if I've found and other people i've been with found that it is while it is loosening 
relaxing the muscles there, it's also relaxing the erectile muscles. Oh, so right. you can also lose your erection. Yeah, that's normal. But some people some people well, don't even Yeah, some people you don't need it. Right. Some people are are doing poppers and masturbating too. Like it's just like like so that's where poppers and baiting. <laughs> that's where the conversation is gonna go for mine. So what so Oh right. Yes. The sorry. The the more of the journey was that um I recognized that it was my shortcut and maybe I was leaning on it too much because I didn't want to bottom without it. It felt like, oh god, there's like work to do and that's laborious and I was resenting that I'm thinking of that credit card commercial. Uh-huh. I'm like Poppers, don't bottom without it. Uh, yeah, what kind of. It? Like American Express, don't leave home without yes, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of like the vibe that I was doing for a while. And I resented that. And I wanted to be able to do, to bottom successfully without feeling like it was a chore uh, and feeling like I needed poppers or whatever. And I just recently did to a dick bigger than mine. And it was a, it was just, ah, it was a great big old dick. <laughs> and I was like, big old dick. And let me say, I'll just kind of like give the play by play of how it happened because thankfully this, uh, this guy was just super cool. I was like, Oh, I think I brought poppers by the way. They're in my bag. I think I left by the door or whatever. And he's like, Oh, do you need those? And I was like, you know, I was thinking recently about how I wish I didn't, but sometimes I think I do. He's like, Oh, I mean, we don't, if you want to try without, we can try for a little bit first and just, you know, if you need them, you need them. But if you don't, like, let's, I, I think, you, I don't think you need them. And he was just kind of like encouraging in like a, in a sweet, warm mm-hmm. way. And if it didn't work out, that's fine. And he's like, you know, the most important thing is that you want it. And the way he's talking and the way that we're like making out and, you know, his huge dick is just poking me. I'm like, oh my God, I want it. And like, it was the verbal part of it that really helps me too. And I took that thing like a champ and we had sex three times. Damn. I know. I was, oh, we had sex three times where I bottomed, and then I topped him in the morning, and it was just like... Top me in the morning. It was such, it was kind of a magical thing, and uh, <laughs> I mentioned to him that I am I do a podcast, and so I was like, sorry, you won't be included, but it's just like a, I don't know, it's a, it's a shout out in a very happy way. Yeah, I, um, so my journey with it also, mm-hmm. similar to yours, always very scared of them. I mean, I was scared of all. I mean, I wasn't doing anything. Yeah, like I was the 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 dare program worked on me. For I sure. don't want anything to do with drugs. Same. Um, until like eighteen, anyway. Up until like thirty five. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had been with people occasionally whom like on a hookup that they did them even as a top, because um, usually it's for bottoming, but people it, do enjoy them for top right. as well. Relaxation and sensation. Right. And then my recent ex-boyfriend, he was very, very into them. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a complicated relationship with them because he he saw it as a the fact that he liked them as like a problematic vice. Mm-hmm. So he did he would like we never he never used them when we had sex. Oh, ever. Okay. He would use them when he masturbated. Yeah. And I remember towards the end of our relationship, there were times where, like, we weren't having... One of my regular complaints in relationship, period, is we're usually not having enough sex for me. And um, because I just have a very high libido. Mm -hmm. And that was one of the things. And one of the things that irked me is that we weren't having sex... And he would, like, I'd, like, get up in the middle of the night and he wouldn't be in bed. And he'd be, like, in the study, like, watching porn, jerking off. Oh, yeah. Sort of, like. And I and I, and I, I was trying not to, like, judge him for it or whatever. I was trying to, like, get to the Because I, I, my point of view was, like, do you understand? And I said to him once. I was, like, do you understand that if you put your hand on my shoulder in the middle of the night 
and woke me from my sleep and said, I want to fuck you right now. Mm -hmm. That would be the hottest thing in the world. Mm -hmm. I would, that level of like, I need you now. Yeah. That checks all of my fucking boxes. Yeah. And I'm really in, I was really into him sexually. Like he could have done whatever he fucking wanted. Like Mm -hmm. I just wanted it. So I was like, you know, you can. And that just never sort of happened or happened infrequently. And then so I sort of was like, well, you know what? I don't, I've never done poppers. You do them and you're obviously fine. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's, that's, <laughs> that's now debatable. Oh, shit. That okay. May, that might be what's wrong with that, that brain. Yeah. Um, but uh, I said, I was like, well, I'll try them. Yeah. Like, we should do them together. Yeah. Let's do it as a thing. Like, I would feel comfortable doing it with you right. because you've done them. And I, you know, and I was like, and I've, I've done, I did a little bit of research, which is like, it's kind of impossible to like take too, it's like, you'll get a headache, but like, you're not going to like, you're not going to overdose. No, you're, you're not, not going to have like a problem. aneurysm right. or anything. It's not like something I have to like. The headache feels manage. like an aneurysm. Though. It does. It's like not good. I'm feeling it right now. Um, oh. <laughs> I told you I had fun this morning. Yeah. Um, so, so we did. Yeah. The very first time. Yeah. And he was very, he was like, well, if we do them, uh, I have to be in control of them. Oh. And I'm like, okay. So he, like, he was in control. It was his decision when I did them, how much I did them, how long I took it, hold for him, look in his eyes, and he'd tell me when I was done. Oh. That kind of shit. In like a in like a uh, safety like a dom, way. Oh, a dom way. It wasn't okay. like oh, let me make sure we're safe about it. No. Well, no, not in, entirely. Not. I mean, I yeah, I think yes. I think like he 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 did sort of want, but he he very much wanted it to be like. I can't. I can't believe this is one we're recording. Uh-oh. Uh Kind of to be like. Uh, that's right, pig. Take this. Sure. That kind of thing. Hell yeah. So and it was him. So I was like totally like down for trying it or whatever yeah absolutely and i remember the very first time it sounds so stupid because it's just fucking poppers but like it was the very first time i ever took it it was with him mm-hmm. he put it to my nose held my nose told me it was like uh five seconds i'm counting five he seconds kind of long to me i held it until he told me to let go and when i let go and that first feeling of that rush from it i was like i will never be the same again oh god this was and i was just like like, it was just like, I am a sexual animal. Animal. I yeah. don't know who Jack is. I just want to have sex. It, I'm just sex. I'm it, sex incarnate. I am all passion and desire. And it was hot, 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 hot. Accurate. Hot, 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 hot. Yeah. No time has ever been as hot as that because, you know, you just get used to it. Uh, yeah. I know what, you know, it's not a, it was a surprise. Like, I didn't know what I was going to feel. Right. So it was the, the novelty of it. Of is... The novelty. So the novelty's gone. Mm-hmm. But I do love that. And I do love that kind of like. Animal. And also, I want, I want, I don't want to touch the bottle at all. Oh, yeah, the power. I want, I want you in charge of it. Mm-hmm. I want you deciding I'm not eager enough. Wow. And you want to use this to make it more. Oh. I like that shit. God. I like it. Okay. But immediately post-breakup when I was in fully, like, I just want to have sex. I don't I, I, In fact, I, like, I hate men. I never want to be romantic with another man again, but they can come here for sex, like, <laughs> mode, yeah. post-breakup. Uh, horror show mode. Um, I think I probably use them every single time. Yeah. I use them a lot. And as someone who never used them. Right. And always bottomed. Now I'm using them all the time. Mm-hmm. Because, and it was something, funny enough, he had a popper's journal. Because he'd like want to track how much he was using it to try to like stem it. And like, yeah. It was very strange. Wow. Very Methodical. Strange. Very strange. 
Um, he knew but, a brand to go for. He knew all. But that his stuff whole thing it. was like, like, like I don't, I don't want to use them with you, and I don't like using them with you because those are those are inauthentic feelings. Oh, I want authentic feelings with you. Huh. Like I don't want to feel inauthentic. I don't want. I was like, well, I'm not saying we do all time. No. I think it can just be like fun. Yeah. Also, sex on its own. And can I'm be just confusing. trying to get you to have sex with me more. Yeah. Like, and you like this, so I'll do it. Right. I'm doing this to get you to have sex with me more. Okay. Um. So so. <laughs> Anyway, so I was doing them all the time, and I started to realize that I was using them as a way to be comfortable being intimate with someone when I didn't want to be intimate with anyone. I hated everyone. I hated people. I just, but I had a sex drive, and it was just like, I'm gonna take this and forget about you and just have the sex that I wanna have and then get the fuck out. Yeah, it's escapist drug usage. I was very much doing that. Yeah. So then, so now I'm in a balance of like, I use, I usually only use them because I don't, I don't need them. I use them if it's a, uh, uh, if it's part of some game okay. that we're playing. Yeah. Special then it's fun. Or you know, like, and occasionally, you know, a guy I hooked up with recently, he's amazing and he has, it's, it's. It's a fucking fist. It's just this monster thing. It's like, if I can take this, I can certainly take this thing. Uh, but I don't, I don't, that's not part of my journey. Uh, but uh, uh, with him, he was like, he said, we hooked up very recently. And he was like, uh, he was like, oh, the last time we hooked up, you know, I know we like, we finished very quickly. I was very excited and we like finished very quickly. So um, yeah. I need you to be prepared to take four. And I was like, oh, yes, sir. What? Oh. So I had to use those to like yeah. get through yeah. him going four times. Uh. So um, I have a little bit of headache. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It yeah. makes sense. It makes sense. And you know, gosh, I mean, it. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's also bringing me to my memory of the guy that I was talking about. Like mm-hmm. we uh, had sex three times and um, every time it was like, I understand like if you're you know, if you're done or whatever. And I was like, oh, let's try. And every, I don't know. I, it was something, there was something mental about it of like, I've unlocked, uh, and mm-hmm. I'm allowing mm-hmm. myself mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. I'm allowing mm-hmm. myself to do this without feeling like, you know, um, there's no pressure involved. It was just something like clicked in my head where I knew I wanted it. Yes. And I was excited that he wanted it. And uh, it's, I don't know. I, I was also the accomplishment, the sense of accomplishment really turned me on as well. And I was just super horny. So I don't know. Lots, everything was aligned. So I am now using them much less, especially if it's someone that I'm like dating, dating and, and, and exploring whether there is a, a romantic connection mm-hmm. and feeling because I don't want, I want, I want those because I know what it feels like. I remember now what it feels like to have sex with someone that I'm falling in love with or have that and poppers masks that. Oh, wow. Yeah. So if it's someone that I'm exploring, if it's someone that I'm exploring romantically, I'll do my best to like not use those a lot so I can see if those feelings are arising. Um, 
So that's 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 what I'm doing now. That is such a point that I kind of didn't cross because I'll like I'll smoke or have an edible or whatever, and then have sex with someone that I might be dating or whatever, and I never think about like, man, is this confusing my emotional? I'm not saying it does for everybody. No, but I for like, that's me a good thing to think about. it does sure. because it puts me in a different headspace. It just puts me in like Available. I'm a fucking sex animal, yeah, and which is great, and I love doing it, and there's no judgment on that, and I like that from time, but it inhibits my ability to just like. Like, just take this person in and, yeah. like, be just involved in this person. And then are there fe- – like, what are the feelings which just are chemistry? What's our yeah. chemistry? What's yeah. that feeling? Right. If I need to explore that or I want to explore that, I try not to use the poppers so that I can do that. If I don't want to explore that, if it's just a fun sex friend and I know what it's like and mm-hmm. I just want to have some fun. Right. Or, um, you know, or other reasons, then I'll use them. But Word. but But – if I if I am trying to figure out whether this is like a long term thing or if I have like significant feelings for you, I'm probably leaving the poppers alone. Gotcha. Until until I know. Sure. And then we can have as much fun as you fucking want to have. That's what's up. All right. Well, um, I'm going to tell you, audience, for the next um, commercial break. I want you to take ten big hits. <laughs> I want you to hold that in until I say so. Don't please don't don't die. Yeah. Don't have an aneurysm. We need you as a listener. We need you. <laughs> We'll be back. In a post-pandemic world, uh, Omicron variant aside, uh, I've really prioritized self-care. I don't think I was doing a lot of it during the pandemic, though that whole period of time is quite hazy. Uh, I definitely wasn't washing my face every morning like I used to. I definitely wasn't moisturizing like I used to. Certainly wasn't brushing my hair or making my bed. And I've really made an effort post-pandemic to like get back into good habits. And one of those you know, good habits, honestly, is skincare, which is why I'm very happy to tell you about our brand new sponsor, Aaron Carr. Aaron Carr reinvents natural skincare with daisy flower, aloe, willow bark, marine algae, and green tea to brighten, lighten, hydrate, tone, and cleanse. They've upped the ante with safe, clinically proven ingredients like peptides, hyaluronic acid, and antioxidants because, darlings, natural ingredients simply can't work alone. The result is a universal skincare line that addresses conditions ranging from acne to aging with superstar, non-irritating, natural, and clinical actives for every skin type. And of course, they are cruelty-free and their products are never tested on animals. So darlings, here's your chance to have your cake and eat it too. You can indulge your skin with top-of-the-line naturals and keep it healthy with top-of-the-line science. Hashtag trust science. Some secrets are just too good to keep, so you can share Aaron Carr with your friends and family and become a skincare hero. For great skincare solutions, go to AaronCarr.com. That's A-A-R-O-N-C-A-R-R-E.com. Thank you for supporting our sponsors. Because of your support, they support us. All right, who are we, how are we swiping today? Let's see. Uh, I want to try, let's do Hinge. Let's do Hinge. All right, so I'm going to open my Hinge. It's taking a minute. It's taking a minute. There we go. That kind of looks vaguely familiar. All right, so do you want to start? Do you want to just swipe? Do you want to go to the people who have liked me? Do you want to go to Let's messages? see who's liked you, because the last time we swiped, we didn't really... So I mean, there's only... Hinge is always light with that. Like, okay. Tinder, they tend to rack up. Hinge, I'll log in most days and have none. All right. Um, Does that th- mean, like, the market's smaller? Does that mean that they're pickier? Or, like, looking for something specific on Hinge, maybe? Unknown. Okay. Unknown. So um, Matt here... Mm-hmm. Pseudonyms. Um, 
seems handsome. Yes. Uh, it's just the, the lighting's dark, so I can't really tell, so I need to get a better picture, but go ahead. I was going to say, one of the first things that we saw, actually, is the caption to that photo. Can I um, call myself out for, a, like, a weird prejudice that I have? Mm. Whenever people caption something with, like, the quippy, trendy caption yeah. of humor that is in the zeitgeist, mm-hmm. I am immediately bored. Uh, explain? I think it's just, like, the joke is, t- is like, like, it's what? on Give its way example. out. Can I, I'll just read Matt, quote unquote. His is uh, felt cute, might delete later. I'm like, could you come up with something a little more original on that? Like, I don't know. And that's super judgy of me. Oh, oh, oh sorry. He did not come up with that. Oh, my God. They put me. that on there. Oh, I'm an asshole. No, no, no. You, you, I agree with you yeah. in that circumstance where they write it. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, JJ's saying, so this person's, uh, Matt's first picture has felt cute, might delete later. When you post a picture on Hinge, they it use the gives you, stuff. like, you have to, cho- it gives you choices. Oh. So he did choose it, but all of the choices are equally, like, uh, my best blue steel, uh, 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 don't tell mom I put this. Okay. Like, it's, uh, and you have to, you have to pick yeah. one. Yeah. Okay. Got it. All right. So well, that's... he was, he had limited options. Oh, I wouldn't, I would have trouble picking things because I'd hate all these, of them. these, the bigger ones. This is the stuff he writes himself. I see. I understand Hinge a little more now, but... Ugh, so I, then I, first... I, so what is this guy? Who, who played him in a movie? Oh, who's the... I mean, he's older. The guy I'm going to describe is much older than this guy, but um, um, he's the Sterling... Uh, the black guy on this Brown, is Sterling Brown? Is yeah. it Sterling Brown? I think so. That's yeah, right. Yeah, I see that. I see okay. that. Um, first round is on me. If you can name that tune faster than me, literally, I know every word to most songs. We'd have fun. Yeah, I, like that. I love that too. That's very My fun. Instagram story mostly contains, and he has a picture of like a city. City. I want to um, say St. So Louis or him. something. He's 36. He's 6'1. He lives in the Upper West Side. He works at Stuff at Stuff. What? <laughs> really basically, just he's not telling you. His oh, I see. I thought that was, that was a business name. Anyway. He's from Atlanta. Hey, Georgia. Hot Atlanta. Mm-hmm. All right. Now we get into the second picture. I'm not woke at, up like this. I can't do again, it. Again, like, you have to yeah, choose. The hinge, you have to choose. That's they, so they, funny. Uh, dropping the peace signs a little. Oh, do you not like the peace sign in a photo? I think we talked about that much. Isn't maybe. that the same? Is That is the pictorial version of what you're describing you're right. in the photo. You're totally right. Yeah. It's uh, something cliche kind of. Well, but I don't know. I, yeah. I will, I, I'm, I'm calling myself out for being too judgy about, like, the captions or whatever, too, because it doesn't mean anything about the person that they're using, like, the quippy caption, I don't think. Like, anything earnest, at least, but... What I order for the table, shishito peppers, charcuterie board, or all of the fries. Me too. Hell yeah. I would definitely love that. I can teach you how to, and it's a picture of him playing tennis. Oh, that's awesome, too. I'll know it's time to delete Hinge when I meet someone who does not mind that I only listen to the first two minutes of a song. <laughs> <laughs> so, this person, so so he know, but, but how does he then? How does he know the words to most songs? You could have like music ADD, but like after you've learned them, like oh, I'm done with that one. I got my chorus in, right. and I'm done. So we've got a bicep shirtless Tanny photo. Mm-hmm. He has a tattoo. Oh no! Will it out him? What is it? Why? No. Why? Like, can I read it? No. Can I try? Don't maybe because it's us identifying. Right. Maybe someone might know this we'll person a, if you read. We'll but give a version of it. Live, laugh, love. Yes, it is. Like I was saying earlier, whenever there's a cliche immediately out the gate, I'm like, oh. It's so funny because it was like, well, that's Hinge. That's not him. Like he had to choose that. He had to choose that. And then, and then literally, like, 
a tattoo that you literally decide to put on your body. Like now it's like, no, no, he did this. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's so <laughs> and he it's, put something akin to live, laugh, love on his body. Unless and there's I, some story no. that would blow my mind and surprise me of like why okay. live, laugh, love is is an appropriate tattoo. It's not what it says, by the way. But if, if no. there was a cliche that you could put on your body out of like tongue in cheek no. or something, I don't know. Oh, I, sh- I finally got my tattoo. What? I didn't yeah. know that. It's on my taint. It says it's one o'clock somewhere. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> You'll have to show me. It's one o'clock somewhere. <laughs> that's actually brilliant. Like, if someone uh, had that tattoo, it'd be like, good job. Like, that's, that's kind of... You don't want to see that every time you're having sex. I don't think I'd stare at a taint too hard either. So it's kind of... At a taint? I mean, you uh, see... If you're dating me, you need to be down there. Well, yes. Oh, man. I mean, I love, like, rimming as well. But, like, I... I don't know. You're so close. Could you, you can't read it? But, but you're you gotta come in. Yeah, you'd like see you're it on coming the way in. in for the landing. Sure. And do you want to see? It's one o'clock somewhere. <laughs> every time you're headed in towards it. I don't know. Maybe I'll laugh into their asshole, and I'll just like maybe yeah. they'll do something for them. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> that would be that would be weird. Sorry, guy. I was into it until that tattoo. Oh yeah. I mean, nope. I drew the line at the very first cliche, and it wasn't even his fault. So I just owe people messages back. All right. Are we swiping? Is a swipey so we're, swipe? We're in the swipey section First now. person, super cute, in my opinion. What do you think? I, Let's I call mean, he them... Is, he is... Uh, the, 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 the genetic construction, the genetic material is right. Yeah. The choices, in terms of his hair, uh, is a little flock of seagulls for me, which is an old reference that you might not know. I don't think There I was know. an 80s band where the oh, hair yeah. was like... I see, I see, I see. I wonder, yeah. It's a little Michael Yuri and Ugly Betty. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't, yeah. Well, that's a great uh, uh, comparison, too, because I wonder how how much he worked on getting that photo right and how much he worked on getting his hair perfect for that photo. Right. He's got glasses, which I like. Beautiful hair, hair size. Uh, it was beautiful hair, yeah. but it's just like, who? as someone who also has interesting hair, like, and an asymmetrical haircut, uh, I don't even think I'm as quaffed as it's. It's fair. It's almost too it's constructed. Super well done. There's product in there doing doing work and stuff. Uh, Unless he's like just super genetically. Gifted. And then oh wow, next photo is a buzz cut. Right, he's big nose and nice shoulders. Yeah, and those are good things. Those are good things. Absolutely, I like a big nose. No, he's hot. He's six five. <gasps> oh my god, points from Utah. Ooh. Oh, I love a six. Corn fed, corn fed Mormon Ugh. fuckers, and they always have fucking donkey dicks every time. It also says that he's spiritual. I wonder, probably more Mormon, maybe. Yeah, as long as we can do a Mormon boy role play. I just read... okay. These fashion choices, though. Utah, come on, it's okay. But when Utah in was he an adult in Utah in 1992? That's well normcore. Normcore is like the renaissance of that weird. It's like kind of tongue in cheek, but now it's unironic I'm to dress that way. I'm seeing a fanny pack. I know. I'm seeing a, a long sleeve shirt underneath like a Hawaiian shirt. Right. It's yeah, it's a choice. It's normcore. And, and, and like the light jeans, the light maybe baggy jeans or whatever. That's a new thing. It's a thing people are doing. He's Midtown West. He's vaccinated. Uh, uh, he's a performer. I see. I have like that would not deter me. Like the fashion choices or the hair. Let's debate about this topic. I want to believe we can get into bed and create our own mutually shared sexual preferences. Not live up to the sex you've experienced with other men. That you know. <laughs> let me let me translate that for right. you. Yeah, help me. I'm a very tall, muscular man, and so everybody thinks I'm a top. 
And I am a bottom, but I also don't want to say that I'm a bottom. And I want you to get into bed with me and me convince you to be the top for me. Uh, I mean, that's I, what that's. It says. takes no convincing for some of us. Like, no, a for tall some of us, bottom, but that's I think so cool. A big, a six foot five muscly right. bo- bottom. It's going to be a chihuahua and a Great Dane for a lot of that sex, probably. That's always been my issue with dating guys who are having sex with guys who are who are uh, Much, littler, yeah, than me. Is it makes me f- well anyway? But that's that's from perspective of mm-hmm. the bottom. From perspective of the top, I have learned that some people really do like that. But I, I, I that this is this is his. I don't like that answer. And I don't like that answer for multiple reasons because it's making it seem like like gender is fluid, sexuality is fluid. You can be versatile in the things you like, mm-hmm. but like, to me, this just says like you're gonna have to forget. The, you know, I don't 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 base oh. don't base on what you've done before. You're gonna do new stuff with me. It's like, no, I like what I like. Yeah, I want to do the things that I like. Yeah, we've talked about this in some ways of like this. abandoning your your what social expectation like Western beauty standards or something like that. Like, how do you abandon traditions that are, do not serve you? Right. But I, that's what I like about the question He's and answer. Very but- very. Sec- and these further pictures I'm liking a bit more where the hair isn't so yeah not manicured nuts. it's, it's a like social a social cause hair. I care about I'm into the planet these days let's talk about eliminating fast fashion plastic single plastic single use plastic that's great uh, okay we're done oh we're done we are done so my Instagram story mostly contains uh, JJ can you please describe what we're seeing um so there's it's a, a video where do you start there's an up angle video, like, like the phone's maybe not on the ground, but low enough because this person's tall. But um, dancing at the gym with barbell or like dumbbells in the hand, and I, 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 I what do you say? It's like he's doing a drag race lip sync for your life. Yes. at the gym holding dumbbells. There's like swinging performing hair, performing for the camera, leg lifts, smiling at the camera, cute and body rolls, head by. This is okay. Picture, picture, if, what's his name, JVN, Jonathan Van Ness, mm-hmm. was a linebacker yeah. doing the last, and and went on Drag Race to do the last uh, lip sync. I'm into that. Actually, the way you described it made it even better. Well, <laughs> that's, okay, I don't have a problem, but, but the, the level of extra mm-hmm. that I'm getting from this yeah. is like, for me, sure. For me, sure. But for me, though, <laughs> but for me, this person is too much. Hey, I it hear you. Too much. And if I am, Instagram story, I am already annoyed. You know, if it was if it was a one off, it was like, oh, I, I, you know, I had my pre workout and I'm feeling it. That would be funny or whatever. But this is what it says. My Instagram story mostly contains, and it's like, oh, this is you every day. That is yeah. um, more than I want to do with like every to- day resubmit to the court uh evidence additional evidence of my first point yeah this person is a big old nelly bottom guy oh sure 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 totally i'm in (laughs) and because of his body type he is trying to convince people that it's fine oh he's so hot though he is very hot and oh my goodness i I blame society were he a top (laughs) i might be into it no i'm in uh, uh, but but no, this this video, this 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 sure. chorus line audition at the gym, I can't do it. It's too much because here here's we're being silly and 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 the real reason for me is oh yeah, I am a um, uh, chameleon when it comes to 
uh, we talked about this a bit when it comes to energy. When mm. I am with somebody, I will never compete. This person is going to be super high energy and it's going to be a lot, okay. which I am naturally then going to be reserved, quiet, and 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 careful yeah. and small. Yeah. I'm going to shrink myself mm-hmm. because all the energy is already supplied by this over yes. here and I'm not going to fight you. I can imagine that too. That's how I become. When I'm with someone who's a bit more chill, mm-hmm. like you, JJ, right. I feel more like alive and zippy and quippy and fun. There we go. And this is the person I like to be. You, That's a really good articulation for that because it feels judgy to to say like, oh, I don't know, you feel like too much. It feels like I'm putting all the onus on them. No, it's there's nothing wrong with this person. They just no. need to find someone who is right. the right chemical and, and relationship balance for them. Yeah. It's just not I me. I feel it around would, you. Yeah. It would make me silent. Yeah. That's a really okay. That's a good way to put that, right? Because I I don't fight for attention. No, no, and I would unfortunately feel like that would be the only other option, and that's too much. Right. right. All right. Let's do one last one. Let's do it. Let's see. So that's a no. You're so hot. Come my way. Okay. Next. All person. right. Bill here. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Silver fox with uh, a very muscular. Oh, who does he look like? And that who, who, face, Oscar Isaac, maybe. I was actually going to say that. Yeah. Yes, this is Oscar a Isaac. super muscly Oscar Isaac. He's six foot. He's forty. Lives in the oh, West Village. Oh God, please and thank you. I mean, he went to UPenn, and that's always a. <laughs> what does that mean? I have never met someone. And okay, I went to Penn State, mm-hmm. so you get confused with UPenn all the time. Right, right. And you meet UPenn people all the time. You're like, oh, I went to Penn State. Oh, I went to UPenn. I have never met one person from UPenn who wasn't an enormous prick. Interesting. UPenn just breeds jerks. Interesting. And at all. All sexualities, all genders, they're always just like, you're just a piece of work. What does like, it mean? Some... Is it like a Because they're like, they're the, they're the, they're the Ivy League that people forget as an Ivy League. Oh. So there's a bit of like, I feel like they need to like, remind you. Like, because they're not mm. hard, like Harvard, you know, and UPenn, you may not know. All right. I can and imagine so they that. they need to like, let you know. Yeah. That kind of affects someone's psychology for sure. Maybe it's just in the law field where I meet most people at that. Oh, that's not a problem. Um, me and my blogging days. It's a picture of him sitting like Dangerous Mind style backwards on a chair with um, pink hair. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Typical Sundays hanging with his nephew and his niece. Oh. Give me travel tips for anywhere that will let Americans visit. That's funny. Mm -mm -mm. Now, is this just a heavy coat or has he been on a weight journey? Because one of these photos, two of these photos, he seems much larger I think then, it's heavy coat because, like, the first picture, I mean, a weight journey, it could, it's possible, I guess, but. Um, it's just, I, I, you got to keep your pictures current. You got to keep your pictures current. You don't it's think it's not current, what, right? It's, I don't know. It's not what you look like. It's it's because I like a beefier guy. I like a bigger guy. Mm-hmm. I like that. It's I don't want to walk. Let me talk about this. I don't want to walk into a date and see something different than what I was expecting. The, mm-hmm. the mismatch expectations is that it's not. You could be very attractive, but something to me is like. That's not, that's not who you presented yourself yeah, to be, was and now it's a turnoff. So we have a a drag queen friend who whose online persona uses a massive amount of Facetune. Sure, like this person does not look anywhere remote like this in person, mm-hmm. and they look beautiful in person. Yeah. But they they take advantage of the of the face tune. Mm-hmm. So this I took a picture with this drag queen, mm-hmm. and she put her filter on all of us, <laughs> and I look like an 
Adam Lambert sex doll. <laughs> I look nuts. Sure. But it makes me wonder of like, like, I don't understand. This is not, we're past this person. We're not talking about this person. This person doesn't have anything like that. The person we're looking at. Yeah, this uh, photo I, Oscar real. Isaac is nothing like that. And I'm going to swipe yes to him. Yes, good. But like, I just think like, what are you going to do when I walk in the door? Mm-hmm. Like, if that's what you think is going to walk walk in, mm-hmm. even if I look great normally without any thing, yeah. just the the mismatch, like... Just dimly lit restaurants forever. I guess. Like, for the, like what, what... Is that the new... Is that the new, like... Because it used to be, like, you'd meet someone and it's like, well, that picture was from 10, 10 years, years ago, ago or whatever. Yeah, is it now tune. just like, oh... That picture, because I, I see people who are like painting abs on themselves oh, that they don't Christ. have and stuff. And it's like, well, what happens when you show up? Yeah. Have you not thought that far ahead? I don't. Yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, I beats me. I have no idea. Well, we're going to give you a, a break to go buy your own Adam Lambert sex doll. My ex thought Adam Lambert was super sexy and I don't see it. Um, that's just me. Uh, and we'll give you a break to go check that out. And uh, we'll be back right after this with a very special guest. All right. So I was introduced to Aaron Carr back in, it was during the pandemic. Uh, so they were doing a promotion. The company was doing a promotion on Instagram with Sherry Vine, friend of the podcast, and Jackie Beat, one day I hope friend of the podcast. And uh, I just was like, oh, you know, here's a brand who's, who's you know, wants to reach out to the LGBTQ community, is doing it through two drag icons and legends. So let me check into this company. So I, I reached out to the Instagram and we, you know, got a conversation going and uh, the owner was so lovely and sent me a whole bunch of free products and said she would love to work together. So I, I'm very happy to have this company with us here at Dying Alone Together. Thank this Thank this product for bringing you this podcast by uh, checking out their products. Now, uh, there are two in particular. I guess I should only do one at a time. There are two in particular that I have folded into my regular skincare routine because I just, they're really great. So the one I'll talk about today is Revenge, which uh, <laughs> on brand, on brand for Jack Tracy to have a skincare product called Revenge. Um, I once told a senior associate at a, at a law firm, she asked me, what's your number one motivation in life? And I told her, spite. So Aaron Carr has a moisturizing face scrub with hyaluronic acid called Revenge. It is really soft going on. It has, you know, the little like textury little, you know, the scrub, the scrub shit that you put on your face and you scrub and it takes off all the dead skin. And I am constantly, um, humble brag, I'm constantly uh, told that my skin looks great and I do not look like I'm about to have a 39th birthday. So uh, I think a lot of that might be due to this uh, this face scrub. Can't can't vouch for that. Can't can't put science behind that. But um, you know, try it. So you can get the Revenge moisturizing face scrub and use it like I do. I do it once a week because uh, I don't want to irritate. I feel like doing a scrub too much is you can you can scrub too much. I feel like it's like it's like douching. Like you don't want to do it all the time because you're going to ruin the sort of the the natural environment. Anyway, Aaron Carr probably doesn't want me using douching as an example, but hopefully you laughed. What were we talking about? Revenge. Claim your revenge over uh, uh, the cruelty of the aging process at AaronCarr.com. That's A-A-R-O-N-C-A-R-R-E.com. Yay, new ads. 
Today's guest is uh, a lawyer by day and rocker by night. Uh, it's not me. Uh, it's an indie country rock artist from Arlington, Virginia, who's looking to bust open the straight-laced doors of country with his brand of undeniably powerful, unabashedly gay music and vocal stylings. Currently collaborating with some Nashville insiders, Josh is hard at work on his first EP, Real Man, which he plans to release in 2022. Much sooner, however, are covers of some of his favorites, Hootie and the Blowfish, Melissa Etheridge, Chris Stapleton, and Aerosmith. You can find uh, our next guest on social media, which we'll plug for you later today, and his Patreon. Um, we have with us today, Josh Frieda. Hi, Josh. Hey, y'all. What's going on? Welcome. Welcome to the podcast. So, uh, yeah, thanks for having me. we met on the gram during the pandemic, right? We did, Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure, yeah, Insta or TikTok or one of them, you know? Uh, well, you, you, I am not on TikTok. You were trying to get me on TikTok, if I recall. Yeah. Whole other topic, man. Like, <laughs> I, it's it's a love-hate with TikTok, I swear. So uh, we met, yeah, we met, and that's how we meet so many of our guests. We just meet interesting, yeah. cool people on the gram. So uh, we've had a lot of musicians on, especially as of late, uh, LGBTQ musicians. So... Tell me a bit about your journey from uh, the legal world to the music world. Yeah. Um, so I still am practicing law, um, but I've made a lot of changes, especially since fall 2019. Uh, it's funny that, so we've, we've the world, right? We have been in a pandemic and quarantine since March 2020, right? And a yep. lot of us have been at home. I've actually been at home since fall 2019. Um, and I have to say, like, I've loved it. I've thrived because I've completely changed my life. So I am a lawyer by day. And a few years back, uh, or a couple years back, I guess, um, I was working in private practice, you know, a junior associate, you know, like, just trying to bill hours and, you know what I mean, keep my head above water. And so I was terribly unhappy. Oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I just want to, for the audience, so you and I know what that is. So for the audience, uh, if those aren't familiar with the the big law world, basically uh, one of your paths out of law school is to become a junior associate at a law firm. You're first through, I guess, junior or go to third, fourth, fifth, maybe even fifth year. Uh, you might be mid-level then. And basically you're the lowest man on the totem pole. You're there to um, do a lot of the grunt work, the paperwork, the administrative stuff. Maybe you get to do a little writing. Depends on what practice group you're in. But to work as a junior associate at a law firm is to to work a standard your your slow week is a 60 hour a week and your your standard is probably anywhere from 80 to 90 you work every vacation you work every weekend you are on call constantly and you have to keep track of your time uh every 6 minutes to log which client you were working for so they know who to bill so it is high pressure high dollar and consumes the entirety of your life. I did not start any of these creative endeavors until I after until after I left the law firm because there was no way to do do both. Yeah, no, and that's true. I I think that's kind of the trade off that I think is put before you when you interview for these jobs is we're going to give you a lot of money, but you're going to give us all of yourself, right? You're going to make sure all of your time or any of your time is available. And I think especially when like for me, I was. 26 I guess or 25 when I interviewed you don't 
really understand what that means because I don't know. I'm a personal believer that when you're in your twenties, you don't know who you are at all. Oh, you, I, I you think don't know who, you don't know what's important to you, you know, and it's just, uh, you have to live some life to figure that out. And, and that's all too, with the caveat of like everything I'm saying and about to say, like, I don't regret or resent any of it because it was just life lived, right. It was lessons learned. Um, but I was uh, a junior associate and I was at my set, my second law firm. And this was fall 2019 so September. And in the same month, um, I had a, I had a breakdown, a full breakdown. Um, I remember it was a Monday morning. I was walking to work. I was a little late. This is like coming up on like 10 o'clock and I got into my office. I was already breaking down, but I just had to shut my door. I just cried heavily for 45 minutes, walked outside, sat in like one of our little patio areas. And I called my mom and I was just like, I, I just need, I need your help. So, and thankfully my mom works in healthcare um, and she has colleagues and she was able to through a friend of a friend, get me in contact with a great psychiatrist who diagnosed me with very, very, very severe depression, um, which based on his analysis, basically I'd been dealing with for about 25 years and never knew it. Um, and just never had the emotional maturity, you know what I mean? To really mm -hmm. step back and look at this. Cause you know, like when you're, I, I recalled my first incident of anxiety to him. I was four years old. I was on a soccer field. It was like a kind of like hazy, rainy day. And I remember it was like 9 a.m. I just remember stopping in the middle of the field and just starting to cry for absolutely no reason, at least no external reason, right? Mm -hmm. Like there was stuff going on internally that I didn't know that no four-year-old four would know, right? Um, and that just kind of continued and progressed through my life, right? And uh, I think the fact that it was now, you know, I was 20 nine and you know life was real and you know the consequences were real and I had to take care of myself I think everything finally came to a head and uh exploded yeah and I broke um but very fortunately in the same exact month September uh, I also got fired um so my practice group that I was a part of left my law firm and they moved to another law firm but that law firm wouldn't take me as well i was the junior most member of that team mm -hmm. uh, so i got pinched out and uh i i lost my job um but the second firm they were wonderful to me and gave me severance um, so basically gave me six months of pay at my salary so i didn't have to worry about paying my bills and my student loans <laughs> and you know just like keeping everything afloat and it just gave me time to figure myself out to get the help i needed to get back on my feet and then to find my way into music which is what happened so tell me about your music inspiration and and um well, well i guess uh, i'm segueing quickly because i, I want to get there's so much i want to talk about but thank you for for telling us yeah. about yeah. all right a little long-winded but that's like the no no, 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 no please no. i'm like the i'm like i'm quiet because i'm very intent on hearing all of it it's it's it sounds what struck me too is that you you know you made the moves you called mom and you asked for help as soon as, you know, uh, the symptoms were so unbearable that you had a breakdown. But did you have any foresight? Like, did you have the vocabulary at all that, oh, man, maybe I need to start 
making changes before that? Or was that just like the straw that broke the camel's back in the first sign you had? No, I, and I, I did. The thing is, so the first time I saw a therapist was in law school. I think I was 25 and she was associated with the school. Um, and it was just therapy. It was just kind of talk, you know what I mean? Exploring how I felt, but it wasn't like formal treatment or anything like that. And so I knew that I had these feelings. I mean, I had been dealing with this for for, for most of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have several, you know, visual memories of episodes that I had. I remember that one when I was four. I had another one when I was 11. I remember it was with a school project. I remember having one when I was 19, sophomore year of college. Like, you know, and I, I, I recall these. Um, and it, so first therapy visit, was 25, it took another four years, basically, even though I had awareness of what was going on for me to actually get the proper help that I needed. So tell us about uh, coming out of it and, and exploring music. So since May 2018, I have been working with a vocal coach and my collaborator, my writer die, Maddie. Um, so Maddie is a professional musician, uh, and she's, uh, like she went to school for, you know, music performance and music theory and all this stuff. And she actually lives out in Seattle. Um, and we have worked together like this for the last now three and a half years. Um, so I was already kind of getting a strong foundation in like actual vocal technique and writing style and music theory and all of this stuff. I was basically, I went back to school so to speak. Um, but I was using it kind of as an outlet before, you know, this, this breakdown, if you want to, you know what I mean? And, and, and kind of turning my life around. And, um, but after that, and after I had the time to get better and as kind of the, the clouds started to clear, I just realized that this was so where my heart was. I always knew that I loved to sing and that I loved to perform, but it was not something I ever thought, okay, you can do this like for your full-time reality, you know, yeah. you can find a way to make a living out of this and do this. Um, and so it, and I think in large part that was because of depression. Right. And, and also too, just because like, you know, like, especially like, as a millennial, right. Growing up and being groomed to, go to college and then go get a good degree and like, go get a good job. And you know what I mean? Like all of the, the rules that we learn very early on, um, especially because our parents, you know, they work so hard to give us a good life. Right. Um, you take that in and mm-hmm. you feel like, okay, that's the path I have to follow. And anything off of that path is just, just not a thing. Right. It's just not, I know exactly not what a you're possibility. Doing. Right. It's, it's, you're supposed to be on, you know, and I mean, as someone who grew up like, you know, upper middle class in a suburban neighborhood, like that, that's the path, right? Um, yeah. You know, and, and so it took a long time. It took, I think, a lot of unlearning in my own mm-hmm. head. And then once the depression was, you know, clearing, it just helped me see like, yeah, like, you need to do what's in your heart. <laughs> yeah. We say it all the time and it sounds so cliche, right? Like we say it all the time, but it is so much more powerful when you actually act on it and you realize how big those words are. 
Do you remember the the time that you actually decided to prioritize your authenticity? And like, what did it feel like to, the first time you can verbalize to yourself? Like, you know what? I'm going to do what I want. Like, what is that? Because it's gradual, like you said. It's a lot of unlearning. But then the day that you finally verbalize it, what was that like? I'm trying to think. I think it's an accumulation of moments. Okay. I don't think there's one moment. Like the first time, and this was well before um, I got treatment, but the first time I launched into the chorus of Smells Like Teen Spirit, because I sing with a lot of grit. Mm-hmm. Um, the first time I launched into that chorus, Nirvana, I was like, Kurt Cobain is in this room. Right. <laughs> He's in this freaking room. <laughs> like, um, And then I had another moment like that where Maddie and I were working on um, Dude Looks Like a Lady, Aerosmith, Steven Tyler. Same thing, launched into that chorus, spread just like t- uh, Steven does. Steven Tyler's in this room. (laughs) It was just like, oh my God, like what's going on? So it's like those little moments. And then I think, so January, 2020, yeah. Top of 2020, I just started auditioning for things. A lot of it actually on Zoom or online um, for like talent development groups or for agencies or for showcases, that kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. And every audition I did, I I got, I got booked for it. I I got the thing, whatever it was. And I was just like, all right, like I was still very nervous and like not totally committed and sure that like, okay, this is the thing. Right. But I just kind of, I just kept taking steps forward anyways. Yeah. Um, And then I think by the time I hit, there was a showcase I did this past summer um, in Chicago. Uh, I, did my thing up on stage. And I think by that point, I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm totally owning all of this. Like yeah, exactly what I'm doing up here. Of course I was nervous. I get nerves regardless, but like I'm performing for industry people right now, you know, and I got callbacks from them and start, you know, and, and I'm working with some of them now on, on the, on the EP, you know, it's like, yeah, I'm just going to own this, right? And slowly but surely, right? It's it's not one thing. It's not one right. moment. I think it was just in spite of any reservations or fears I had, I just kept moving forward. There you go. So it's, it's like you had training wheels at first for like, you know, taking taking your craft seriously maybe. And then after the training wheels are off, you're learning how to ride harder, how to ride better, how to pop a wheelie. Like it's just, there's more to learn continually. Yeah. And it's funny too, that like, honestly, like really, really, when you want to say, where did music come from for me? It actually came from law school. Like when I was 24, first year in school, UVA, where I went to school, um, we have this thing called the libel show and it's really old tradition, but it's basically like a musical comedy parody review of like the law school and the law and politics and it has evolved into this massive like production it's all student written produced actors singers dancers full live band light sound and all of its students um and i just knew i loved to sing so i just went in and auditioned right thinking like okay like whatever if they say no they just say no i have no barometer for like doing it for good I'll just do it. Went into the room. I sang Fuck You by CeeLo Green <laughs> and, you know, hit all those falsetto high notes. And and the room was just like, this is awesome. Like, right. <laughs> so 
there was just like that little, you know what I mean? It was like, I didn't even know what was going on yet. And I was still very much like, duh, I'm in law school. I'm going to be a lawyer, you know, like, but I was still just acting on this little kernel of, I guess you call it passion, right? Like something I knew I liked to do. And thankfully I stuck with the show all three years and, and, you know, I st- and I got some like feel for what it was like to be on right. stage. And even though that again, wasn't my central track of mind of this is what I'm doing. It was still out there. It was still there. Mm-hmm. So that when, you know, I, you know, a few years later when I found Maddie and I started to lean in a little bit more, it's like, yeah, like this is really all kind of slowly chugging forward, isn't it? Like it's. And that attitude of, of being able to say, you know, fuck it. I don't need to impress anyone. I'm just going to go and do what I've got going on. Like that's what, what a literally, literally, right? the whole, like, um, I can't exactly say when I stopped describing myself as like, when I stopped standing on the fact that I'm a lawyer as like my thing, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like obviously it's in my, like I put it in my bio, but that's really just to like capture like someone's attention for a second. Right. And then lead to like, actually I'm this, you know, but it's funny to me how I kind of divorced myself from thinking like, I need the salary. I need the title. I need the pedigree. I need all this stuff. Right. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't yeah. like I moved into government after I left my second law firm or, you know, I got fired, um, took a 60 plus percent pay cut and figured it out. And I'm happier now <laughs> than I have ever been in my life mm. because I'm doing what it is. I know I'm supposed to do, you know, I have to work during the day. Obviously I pay my bills, but I have the flexibility and the time to actually make music and to work on my craft and to just put it out there. Right. And just is, is amazing, you know? So getting, you know, rid of those, those, those thoughts, uh, it takes time. Um, but it's incredible. I, 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 I wouldn't, my my time, an hour of my time now is worth more than any billable rate a law firm could <laughs> Right. <laughs> like, I mean, so. it, it, this is not a visual medium, but JJ just watched me raise my hands in the air multiple times yes. because you were singing my song. I like, was, I, I have yeah. been, we had to talk about this on the podcast recently where it wasn't, I've been doing this now for like three, four years, and it wasn't until a couple months ago where I finally was able to say the words to someone out loud and not feel like an asshole. I'm an artist. Mm-hmm. And at, yes. it took a long time to be able to just say it because there's something that's groomed inside of me that that to say that is like, oh, you're an artist, are you? You know, that's like, oh, oh, are you really? And that's the inside voice that I had to like get rid of. But um, we would love to have you back eventually to play the game we had planned. We had planned this fun, silly game, and then you started telling us your story in the pre-roll, and I'm like, no, 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 this is far more important. Yeah. So we'd love to have you back, and maybe we'll have you back to promote when your when your EP comes out. If people want to yeah. keep track of you to to get the date for when when that releases, where can they find you? Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram, on TikTok. My handle is at j.freedzzz, so it's j.freeds. And uh, my Patreon, which I'm going to make live tomorrow, um, patreon.com backslash Joshua Michael Frieda, F-R-E-D-A. It's my artist name. Um, yeah. And then 
soon. Uh, so I actually have my first cover single. I'm going to announce tomorrow. I'm going to be putting it out on Halloween. It's uh, It's Been a While by Stained. Kind of creepy and like, you know, a little bit more dark, uh, a little bit more grit than the original song. Uh, but I'm pushing that out on Halloween. So Sunday, October 31st, right. it'll be up on streaming platforms. So by the time this airs, that'll be out. So we'll have the link in the bio. Thank you very much for joining us, Josh. And we'll be back right after this break with uh, leaving you some love and light or picking a fight. Thank you, Josh. Yeah, thank you all so much. All right, let's wrap it up. Are we uh, lighting or fighting? I'm going to light. Okay. And uh, so I'm going to light the new James Blake album, actually, because it's uh, it's uh, he's known as a producer and a writer and a singer. And it's I don't know. It's just checked every box. Also, before I even got to listen to any of it, I saw the track list and there's a feature with SZA and there's a feature with Monica Martin. And I was like, oh, fuck, I'm already in like so hard. And it, it met all those expectations. And it's just such a good it's called Friends That Break Your Heart. And it's reflective and it's emotional like I am and it's it's doing all those things that I like with music and it's weird and there's like very like 3d noise moments and the production is crazy and it feels epic and it feels very like story driven and I don't know I get like a rush of emotions with like the new James Blake music and I've been it's been on repeat for me lately it's so hard for me I don't listen to a lot of new music because I think I've probably said this before it's hard for me to listen to stuff that's professional and really well done when I'm still trying to like learn and do it because sometimes a part of me is like god damn it I don't mine stuff isn't as good as this mm. and so like it's, it's hard that's why I don't watch like um studio uh produced like gay stuff because it's just like I'm like oh well why do I need to do what I'm doing if they're doing this so it, I ha- I know that's a mental thing and that's with me sure. so it's hard for me to listen to new music sometimes I'm just this like, person has, sometimes I can't listen to especially if I'm writing a song with a certain subject matter I can't listen to songs in that kind of realm because I'm like, oh, well, this song already exists, right. so I, right. don't need to, I don't need to make this. Right, which yeah. is not correct. Right. Um, but, yeah, I feel that entirely. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to – this is weeks late because we record um, we record in batches, so I understand from your perspective this happened a while ago and you may have already forgotten about it. But I'm going to pick a fight with um, – I was going to say I was going to pick a fight with Dave Chappelle um, specifically, but I'm not going to pick a fight with him. I'm going to pick a fight – with our idolization mm. of people whom have a talent for getting people to listen to them. Mm-hmm. So what I mean by that is it's not – first off, it's not a right or left thing. It's not a conservative or liberal thing. There are people on both like orders – comedians, philosophers, just people who have the ability to just draw people in and have a sense of authority and a sense of like, like the person who, who in the tribe stood on the tree stump and gathered everybody and like gave them important information or told them, you know, and and we do that as performers. And some of us have that sort of as our authentic selves. Some of us do it as a character. You know, I think I have that a little bit. Like I, I can like command a room if I need to. Like there's there's a there's a thing about that and it's skill. And and there are people who have that power. Just because you have that power doesn't mean you're an authority, mm-hmm. that you're right, mm-hmm. 
that you know better Mm -hmm. that you should be listened to. And I'm watching, especially with the advent, and I understand I'm talking about this on a podcast and the irony of that, but like the Joe Rogans, Mm -hmm. the Dave Chappelle's. Right. These people who become elevated to this level of like these great, like I think people look, I don't, I think people look at them as sort of these like great thinkers. Yeah. Well, this great thinker that like we need to, oh, and they're comics. Yeah. They, I don't know their specific education levels. Sure. I don't know their specific experience levels. But I think when you get to a level where you are a great orator and you are very talented in one particular thing and then you suddenly gain this following of people, it sort of insulates you to suddenly be this, this like great thinker and speaker on all subjects. And like, and we should like listen to what this person's saying. We need to give this person a platform to talk about whatever is they're feeling about mm-hmm. today. And I don't want to become one of those people who's like, he's just an actor. He shouldn't. No, 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 no. Actors are people. Mm-hmm. They vote. They have political views. I do think you have, a, if you have a platform, you it comes with a responsibility, and you are open to criticism if you use it in certain ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're not shielded. Just I'm just a. I can have an opinion just like everyone else. Well, yeah. Well, your opinion uh, is is drilled into the brains of like millions and millions of people because of your platform. So you get to be criticized. Right. So, but Dave Chappelle is wrong about his his views on trans. I don't like that he touted his dead trans friend to sort of insulate him of. Well, uh, I have trans friends. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it's like how he can't see. As someone who is a a, 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 a prolific voice in uh, African-American community and race relations, how he can't see that he's doing the I've got a black friend. Like, how can you, how do you not see yeah. that, that that's what you're doing? You wouldn't accept it. And, and, and he does not understand. And I think a lot of people do not understand, and I think a lot of people don't want to understand, that there is a difference between biological sex and gender. And it is the fatal flaw between behind his entire argument. Mm-hmm. He does not appreciate that there is a difference mm-hmm. between those two things. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, gosh, my thoughts kind of go everywhere with it. And one thing I wonder about him as a person is if... I think, well, okay, so I actually, I hold comedians to a pretty high esteem as far as, like, uh, influence and culture and uh, just observe, making observations about sure. like, how fun or terrible or awful life is or whatever and, like, making humor out of it because that's that's the device that we get through some of the tough stuff, you know? And uh, so I do think of him as a, a, a brilliant observational person. Yeah. I loved Chappelle show. I loved other yeah. stand-up stuff. There was some... A couple specials ago, he's starting to get into LGBT stuff that I felt like, you don't know what you're talking about, and I don't like this. Right. But I love the other parts of the special. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's, like, you know, the tact for observation and, and maybe thinking that's a license to can to kind of venture into other spots that maybe, you know, you don't yeah. know enough about. And that's – but what I think of for – I don't know what Dave thinks about this at all, but uh, I – and I don't want to also just kind of toxic positivity this. The – fact that he was representative of how a lot of people feel and the fact that it did bring up conversation granted i don't know if those conversations led to people coming together at all mm-hmm. um i just that's what i would ho- hope for of course is that like this conversation educates someone somewhere 
It just sucks. I mean, the double downing on yeah. the I'm team turf. Yeah. Like, that... It that's what what really just took it over the line. Right, it emboldens uh, the, the divisiveness that he claims to not be a part of. He might as well have gone up there and done something like, like, you know what? I'm Team Q. Right. You know, it's this radical, um, militant, uh, hateful group. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the fact that he would just, like... Hey guys, I'm telling you as Dave Chappelle, go ahead and align yourself with this. Yeah, and all I mean, honestly, I the other thing is I think it could be solved with a conversation about like, all right, I think what you're doing is recognizing the distinction of the experiences between trans women and cis women. Sure. Like, sure, yeah, okay, we all agree. Agree. Yeah. There's like a distinction between everybody. There's a distinction, you know, and this is two different experiences that deserve, you know, their own recognition mm-hmm. certainly, but to make it hierarchical and make it kind of like, you know, you aren't uh deserving of something because i say so because of tradition is you know i don't know it's just not the move it's i don't think it's where culture's going and it's no but it's it's at the same time i can't you can't be dismissive of it either because it is dangerous to be that influential and to kind of embolden that that divisiveness right i i just and it seems like because it's one of those things where it's like i saw this great instagram post about it the other day and it was a it was a trans woman and she had this um, – I'm saying she because I do not know this person's pronouns. Um, uh, she was saying – she was, like, doing it in a very – like, she had an affectation to her voice that was, like, I'm being – like, I'm she, – uh, she was also a black woman. So I think she was kind of, like, doing a hard pivot from, like, there was absolutely no way that you could characterize me as the angry black woman because I'm actually – being very sweet. Uh-huh. Like she put on this like phony yeah. sweet. Right, right, right. That was, you could tell it was like, a, and I, I, I think Bob the Drag Queen posted it uh, that got reshared by somebody. That's how I saw it. But she, her basically summation was like, and it really stuck with me. It was just like, Dave, if you just want to fuck us, just come fuck us. Mm-hmm. Just say so. Yeah. And, and really, any person who is not part of a community who has extremely strong opinions about that community <laughs> that they've got to get out there mm-hmm. and they got to, there's something. Your fascination it's, is rooted somewhere. Your fascination is rooted somewhere because yeah. it's, it, to me, it aligns with the same thing as the super homophobic senator who's straight, who's quote straight, yeah. who's doing everything he can lady to like fight. It's like the lady doth protest too much, mm-hmm. you know? And Dave Chappelle reeks of that to me. Yeah. Of of you know these these uh, you know the, the saying that 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 trans women aren't women mm-hmm. and like it's just it's it's I don't know it reeks of of he has a he has a specific it's that and he got backlash and there is a bit of a how dare you. I'm Dave Chappelle to it. Seriously. (laughs) I feel there's a great, that man's ego. Well, you know, that's because he's treated by his other comedians. Like he's a fucking saint. I don't know. He's just very talented. I don't know. Here's what I think could be. If, if that could be true, we hear a different idea that I kind of was wondering is what was going on is, you know what? I'm going to, stir the pot. I'm going to make some noise and it's fine if everyone hates it. I'm cause he's walked away from millions of dollars before famously. Right, 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 right. He, I don't think is, I mean, I'm sure validation comes in different shapes and forms for everybody, but I don't know if he's, 
I think he might be validated by the noise that he's made, yeah. whether it's criticism or not. So I don't think it's a how dare you criticize me. It's like, thanks for saying my name again. Right. Which is gross. Yeah. I don't like that. It's the same thing with like fucking Kanye West or, 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 oh, let me think of a, um, or, or J, J.K. Rowling or, <laughs> or it's just like, just because you like the one thing or they were good at the one thing doesn't mean they're a good person. Yeah. Doesn't mean, and also like, oh, but they're so talented. What If I were next to J.K. Rowling in a in a Starbucks and she went off on some fucking rant to some to some Starbucks worker, I wouldn't stand there and be like, oh, it's your J.K. Rowling. Oh, it's J.K. Rowling. I'd be like, J.K. Rowling, you shut act the fuck up. shut the fuck up. Yeah. Right? Like I I don't have this idolization thing. And I have idols. Yeah. I love, I love with every beating heart, with every heartbeat I have, <laughs> I love. Janet Jackson. Right. If she did something terrible, I could not get on board. No. I just don't have that. And that blind. And I saw it. I'm a, I'm a, I went to Penn State. I saw it with Joe Paterno and well, the whole Jerry know, Sandusky scandal. I don't understand people. You know if you're is. one of these people, I don't understand how you put these people. In, they're, everyone's just a person. For, well, I think forgiving, being, having space to forgive someone for something like terrible. Um, Forgiveness is different. There's willful right. blindness. That's okay. Well, then, well, to specify on that, then to be willfully blind to the mis, uh, the the shortcomings, the failures, the whatever of a, a person's, just the bullshit like this. Right. I think it's basically them saying like, oh, well, this person that I look up to sucks in this way, and I suck in certain ways, and that's fine. Like they are gonna forgive themselves are for you the Trump voter. <laughs> That's what, honestly, like that wouldn't be wrong. I think people, it's easy to forgive yourself for being a human being whenever you're forgiving someone else for being a human being in right. the degree of shitty ways that you're willing to tolerate will allow you ways to be shitty. Yeah. I just, I, so I'm not picking a fight with Dave Chappelle in, in, I, I want to pick a fight. I'm going to go broader than that and pick a fight with the general concept of, of idolization and putting the, putting these people elevating people to the status where like they become a major figure in a discussion over an issue that they clearly have not done yeah any amount of research on no and it's unfortunate that his name is the onus of this of this attention where it should be just like the observation that he's representing i think right and if you listen to some of his other comedy specials he's talking about like he punches down like I'm not someone who believes, like, you can't make gay jokes. You can't make rape jokes. You can't make trans jokes. These sensitive issues are they affect certain people. I'm, I'm not that person. But I do believe, and, I mean, I, you know, Dave Chappelle's the comic, but in my little uh, layman's point of view, if the, if the source of the laugh is, ha, 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 that's an other, right. it's not funny. Yeah. If you're making an observation that or or you're doing, you're changing an emotion or you're doing, you're playing with it in a way, I believe the topic, no topic is off limits. Yeah. Sarah Silverman famously has like Does famous it? rape joke. Yeah. I, and um, uh, John Mulaney had a good one. Oh, yeah. Um, um, even what's this? Oh, a canceled guy. Um, um, Louis C.K. Yes. Had a, had a pedophilia joke that was so fucking funny. Right. Um, he, he, I won't do it. But uh, <laughs> he, but. When you listen to J- Dave Chappelle's other trans humor, mm-hmm. it's always, and you and you listen to Bill Maher lately Ugh. when he talks about trans people. Sure, it's always ha ha ha. That lady has a dick. Right. 
ha ha ha, that's actually a dude. I, yeah, that's not can, funny. I can't even stomach listening to Bill Maher for more than five minutes. I used to be a huge fan. I think I'm done. Yeah, it's very it's painful now, and it sucks. It sucks because, and as you know, he was never an idol. I don't idolize him, but it does suck to like have to be like, oh man, this person really shit the well, bed, shit the bed. Yeah, and Dave Chappelle's done that for me. Hmm. And please stop listening to Joe Rogan. He has no fucking shit about anything. <laughs> I don't think we have. God. If we have crossover with Joe Rogan, actually write in and tell me what the fuck is going on there. But oh. I, I'm just curious. And and my last point on this, I know we're running long. My yeah. last point on this. Com- I love com- I love comics. I love comedians. Yeah. I did stand-up comedy for a very brief period of time because I really just like it as an art form. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm okay at it at best. Yeah, I good. listen to good. a million I listen to a million podcasts of stand-up comics. I go, I'm go. i going to go to a ton of shows at the Comedy Festival. I love stand-up comedy. I love comedians. I think they're super talented. I I would love to someday do stand-up myself. It's so fun. Mm-hmm. Love it. Grew up on Margaret Cho. Grew up on, like, gay-leaning. I love Kathy Griffin. I love all mm-hmm. types. Comedians. Especially those of you who are extremely active in the like, you know, Black Lives Matter movement and police reform and and are out just speaking about that. One of the things we keep talking about is how good cops aren't good cops if they're not pointing at the bad cops. Mm. I want you to think about that, about when people like Joe Rogan or Dave Chappelle, when comics who I respect and I know are on the right side of history with things – go on Joe Rogan and fall all over his dick because he has all of these fucking followers. Especially if you're a white man. Or a white woman. Yeah. There's this, I'm not going to name names, but people I'm thinking of. Mm. Don't go on Rogan like, oh, well, you know, he just... No. Right. No, talk talk about it. Joe Rogan is the next Tucker Carlson to me. Wow. I think he's on that, hey. that trajectory. Tucker started around, you know, not being so, you know, just having a few little things and a little, you know, oh, well, he just has a couple to, and then fully leaned hard when he saw where the audience was. And the fact that, like, literally defense in his uh, legal stance is that people shouldn't take him seriously was, like, a defense that he had. Anyway, yeah. that, we we're getting get way we get off topic. I, I get angry about this sort of stuff. Um, so that's my fight. Stop idolizing people who are just good at one thing for having any sort of knowledge about anything else and i just i don't i don't want to talk about dave Chappelle with respect to trans rights it right. doesn't belong yeah in the it's not about him it's also about the uh, the conversation that spurred which whatever <sighs> well <laughs> i don't know where we've left you emotionally but we're leaving you now mm-hmm. with this episode of dying Living together if you enjoyed this episode despite the downer of the last or, speech yeah if you got something to think about you got something to think about maybe um um I want you to make sure you hit subscribe wherever you're listening to us. Give us a five-star review. Drop us a rating. Drop us a, a, a comment. Anything, any amount of your engagement helps us reach more listeners. So we thank you in advance. Please, please, please help us out. You can also interact with us on Instagram at at Dying Alone Podcast. I'm also at at Jack Tracy Official. I'm at JJ Bozeman. Dying Alone Together is brought to you by Necessary Outlet Productions. You can find more from Necessary Outlet at www.necessaryoutlet.com or on the Necessary Outlet YouTube page. Do not forget to like and subscribe.